What's up, everybody? Welcome to FPL Hotline. I'm Matt Tomo, your host, and to my left, from Chicago, Illinois, we got Gash. Hey, guys. I'm Matt Gashler. My friends call me Gash. I'm from New York. I live in Chicago now. Uh, I'm a big Man United fan, and I'm really uh, proud of it because you can see I'm wearing a, uh, a jersey from the Moy season, and on the back I have Yenizai 44, so uh, not my best pick. Uh, I've been playing uh, FPL for, uh, I don't know, probably like seven years now, but only really the last like four years really count because the years before was just the, you know, set and forget accidentally zombie teams. So, uh, yeah. yeah, no, excited yeah. to get going. You got to be like the only person in Chicago with a Yanazai kit. <laughs> I just want it to be unique. Probably. <laughs> All right. So above me, we got Taz. What's up, Taz? What's up, guys? Uh, big Arsenal fan here, you know, bigger than the guy down there. <laughs> I, I don't have a name on the back of my jersey because, you know, I support the club, not the name. Uh, but uh, besides being an Arsenal fan, been playing FPL since probably like 2012, 2013. But seriously, over the past couple of seasons, uh, top finishes three years ago, top 100K, then two seasons ago, top 20K. But fortunately, last season I only finished like 140K because of some poor captaincy choices that hopefully I will not make this time around. <laughs> All right. And um, to my upper left, this way, yeah, we got uh, C4 all the way from Toronto. What's up, C4? Hi. First name C, last name 4. This is my fourth <laughs> year playing FPL. I still remember the day Gash met, uh, messaged me asking to be part of a Ukrainian FPL league. Uh, that didn't go so well that year. I got relegated. <laughs> and now, you know, next season promotion right back up. You know, one top 40k finish, but probably my fantasy like achievement is winning a World Cup in 2018, which I don't think anyone else on this call has because you guys all lost to me. And favorite Premier League club, Newcastle. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm Matt Tomo from New York, uh, big time Arsenal fan. Hey, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been playing FPL. I think this is my third year or fourth year, maybe. Um, no, you're definitely in the league. Yeah. Right. You think so? I don't know. Yeah. I like FPL. It's cool. Yeah, I, played, uh, <laughs> I play fantasy football and fantasy basketball, fantasy baseball, like my whole life, pretty much. Uh, so kind of new to FPL, you know, three years experience, a lot of fun. So uh, here we go. All right, so let's start off with um, some basic stat explanations. Um, we're going to be using these stats not only today, but throughout the whole season when we're explaining stuff. So I'm going to throw it over to Gash to uh, kind of explain those a little better for us. Yeah, so like uh, like Tomo said, these are a few things that um, we're going to be referencing. So just if anyone doesn't have a really like a, a background with these, um, you know, this is a good starting point, I feel. Um, so I just want to make this real quick. Uh, so the first one that's, I think, really important is uh, expected goals. So it's basically um, a way of measuring how good a, um, a shot position is. So it's like a probability that a shot in a certain position will go into the goal, um, including, you know, like the location of where the shooter is from, uh, the body part they're shooting with, like a, a right-footed shot or a weak-foot shot or a header, um, what kind of pass they received, if it's like, you know, off a corner kick or off a through ball or something, or, you know, the type of attack. So if it's like off a rebound and almost a tap-in and the keeper's out of position, or there was like a long build-up play or like if the defender's out of position or something. Um, so the way they get these numbers is each shot is um, they take like thousands and thousands of shots from that same spot with the same uh, conditions that they're looking at. 
and then just, you know, the number of shots that go in. So like a expected goal of 0.5 means that typically from those, from that spot in those same uh, conditions of five out of 10 shots will result in goals. Um, each model is like slightly different that different websites use. So you might see like a little difference in numbers here, but they're all relatively similar um, in what they're trying to convey. Um, players looking at expected goals for players, especially strikers, is like a really good way to determine if they're underperforming, overperforming, um, if they're you know if their goal scoring form is sustainable and it's just like a lot of it's a lot of chances, or if they're just like you know hitting every chance that they can. And they actually shouldn't, you know, they have no right to be scoring that many. You're just a really good finisher. Um, the, another really small thing about this is like post shot expected goals, which I think is really interesting because um, it takes into account the direction of the shot uh, after the shooter hits it. So what that expected goals doesn't do. So really the, the main point of that is, you know, if someone is in like a, like a far, uh, you know, 30 yards from goal or something and they hit it, they're going to have a very low chance of expected goals because it's not often that people score from there. But if they hit it super fast in upper 90, it's going to have a lot higher post shot expected goal because it's going right in the top corner. So this is actually a good way to measure um, like how good keepers are at saving shots on target. Um, the other couple of things I want to mention are um, you know stats per 90. So per 90 just means that like you know goals per 90 means um, how many goals a striker will score adjusted for like 90 minutes. So it helps when when some players play a lot more. Um, than others, and you'll say, you know, this guy only has two goals, but this guy's 15, but the guy with 15 played a lot more minutes, so it kind of helps, you know, even it out. Um, right. Another another little discrepancy is key passes versus chances created, so I see these two. I was very confused about this for a long time, so I figured I'd clear it up. A key pass is a pass that leads to a shot on goal. Chance created are key passes and assists, so key passes don't include assists. The chance created is key passes and assists. So if the shot goes in, you know, it's not going to technically count as a key pass, which I don't really think makes any sense. Um, but that's how it goes. Um, Wait, so key pass doesn't include assist? Yeah, key pass does not include assist. Which right. really doesn't, doesn't make any sense. You know, it's like those would, you would think would be the, the, the most key passes, but I guess not. Right. Um, and then the last thing is FPL specific. So it's called effective ownership. And I think this is a really important thing to know. Um, it essentially is a way of measuring how many people are going to benefit from like a, a player scoring a lot of points. So it takes into account how many people own the guy. So just normal ownership plus how many people um, captained him plus how many people, you know, triple captained him if they did. Um, so essentially, you know, it weights based on that. So, you know, it, it'll take into account that captains will get twice the score and triple captains will get three times the score. And really the most important part about this is if a player is over 100% expected ownership, uh, effective ownership, excuse me, and you don't captain him, if he scores a lot, you have a lot, big chance of going down because that means a lot of people are relying on him and uh, you actually benefit more from him not scoring a lot even if he's in your team and you don't captain him. Um, final note, um, even though like all these stats are really good to use and kind of back up decisions, I really don't encourage um, people just making decisions off stats. You know, watching players play and highlights and stuff is... Uh, uh, really more of a key part, I would say, than the statistics. So sometimes there are players that, you know, have really weird stats, um, but when you watch them play, you can kind of make sense of them, and I think that's really the key point is if you're ever confused, you know, just watch some highlights of a player or watch, like, um, you know, maybe the last couple of games they've played and their touches and stuff, and it really should give a more uh, complete picture. Good looks. All right. Thank you, Gash. <laughs> all right. So um, as you all know, the schedules came out yesterday, right? Yesterday. Um, so got two big blanks, uh, 
Burnley and Man United blanked, and uh, City and Aston Villa as well. So it's a lot of names that uh, we had to change. I know, I know, I changed up my team a lot from the first draft to the second draft. I'm sure, you guys did as well. So let's just go through our drafts. Uh, where are we at now with our teams? What we're thinking about? Who we're not thinking about? You know, just just how it's looking so far, especially after the new schedule announcement. Uh, so, Gash, why don't you uh, you ready to start us off with that? Uh, yeah, sure. I'll start us off. Um, <clears throat> just wait for the. There we go. So keepers. Da, 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 da. Ryan and Nyland. Uh, so I went for a pretty common strategy of an 8.5 total spend on keepers, a, uh, a 4.5 keeper that's more uh, more or less basically set and forget, um, and then a 4.0 bench fodder one to just you know save money. Um, yeah. The reason why I went with Ryan was because he was in pretty decent form post the restart. Um, he he uh, based on his expected goals, he actually should have conceded a few more, um, but he was making a lot of saves. Um, and he's actually, uh, you know, really overperforming a few other um, uh, kind of underlying stats. So I really like the look of, um, you know, him and goal. And then Nyland, in all honesty, was just a 4.0. And I, I like the look of uh, his name. So picked him there. To yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a cool name, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. New York land. <laughs> he also might have a chance to start. Yeah, I know. That's, really? uh, that's with, the, mind. with the Villa keeper being uh, injured, Nyland's possibility to start at 4.0. Yeah, so, so that's. That's big too. Yeah, I got the same two keepers. I think. Yeah. So um, that's good. All right. So eight point five. Did we all do the eight point five strategy for our goalies? I mean, no. Right? You don't want to spoil everything, right? No, sorry. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Gash. Gash, who you got in defense, man? All right. So my defense. I'm going to start off with um, Mr. Ferguson there, who's uh becoming pretty well known in the FPL circle as a four point um, right back for Crystal Palace. Um. You know, shades of AWB two seasons ago that served everyone exactly so well. Exactly what I was thinking. Yep. Exactly what I was thinking. So he's um, he seems pretty nailed to start. Um, there's actually a little bit of a chance that he um, uh, is rotated or maybe doesn't start the season at first, from what I've been seeing. Uh, Roy Hodgson tends to prefer experienced players, um, but his, uh, you know, rival in that position is Joel Ward, um, who will, um, you know, he's pretty, you know, old and, you know, experienced Really, so I think they're yeah. going to try to favor the youth in, the, in that spot. Um, the uh, the next pick I have is Justin. The he's a right back for Leicester, and he's been playing. He played the end of last season with um, Pereira out hurt um, with a long term injury, but I think Pereira is expected back. Um, like October, right? yeah, yeah, like a month or so, I think. Yeah, yeah, so I think it's the first couple of game weeks that he's mostly, um, you know, four right there. Um, the, so you're not him up just for those game weeks. So the upside, the upside also is that he can. Um, I've, from what I've seen, he has experience playing left back as well. And uh, Fuchs is also out for um, even a few weeks longer than Pereira, I believe. So he can also shift over to left back. You know, if he's in good enough form. Um, right. So I was going to get like six. Get like six that he'd be playing left back too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. I saw that. So you might get like six or seven weeks out of him, even. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see how it goes, and you know, maybe if he keeps his form, uh, Fuchs um, hasn't been in you know the greatest form the past like season or two, so he might even be able to keep yeah. that spot. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, next up is uh, Trent. Uh, I don't really need to say much about Trent. Um, you know, he's yeah, had a killer season last year. I'm sure a lot of people are excited to have him at only seven point five. And at this point, it's you know, I, I you know, kudos to anyone who can go without him and not you know and still be able to fall asleep at night. 
because it's just really scary to have how highly how highly could they have priced him where you still would have gone for him i would have gone for him at like eight i might have gone for him at 8.5 even honestly yeah i because think that the numbers man i, I think sure. nine would be the cutoff for me i feel like a nine point you would still well, go for him at nine test no, I don't think I'll go from a nine, but it depends on how much they would place like Robertson and the rest of the team at. Because uh, right. if it was like, if it's like right now, like a difference of half a million, like why would you not go for Trent? Those underlying stats are so much better than Robertson's. Uh, but if you, depends which period you look at. But uh, <laughs> but otherwise, I feel like he was placed like more than a million. Then I would just go straight for Robertson if the player's difference is more than a million. Yeah, that's valid. I I I thought about Robertson a bit too, but. Trent looks unstoppable. Hmm. I think, yo, could he have over fifty percent ownership easily? Right, like right. I think it's fifty. I think it's fifty-six think right he, now at the time of recording. I'd be kind of surprised if he doesn't have over fifty percent when the season starts. I think yeah, KDB yeah, as of this morning were both over fifty. I'm not sure if anyone else was. Well, KDB should go down a little bit after the, yeah. the blank announcement, but they're they're probably going to be the two highest owned players right yeah, there. Right now, right now that field website. Right now on the FPL website, uh, trends at 56 and a half. So, wow. Yeah, I know. Uh, that might go up. <laughs> to watch out for, too, is KDB with that price rise. Because a lot of people are going to, you know, leave him out in game week one and then try to bring him in in two or three. So he can shoot up in price right away. So that might, you yeah. know, if you don't have point five in your budget, that might, uh, you know, stop you from getting him from the start. True, true. Well, that's also, I guess you think KDB's You're not taking KDB? Oh, I guess we'll get there. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it. Get that. Yeah, I'll show. I'll spoil it. All right, guys, who you got next? I want to see the people that are in Captain Trent on a regular basis. Oh, I know. That's uh, that's I, even... I don't know. I don't, I don't want to comment on that uh, because I have... I'm not going to lie. I've considered it. But... <laughs> I, I, I see have Captain Trent a couple times. <laughs> yeah, I know. A regular basis, I think, is the... the you know, the, that'd be the real crazy part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... So next in there, I got uh, Kyle Walker Peters, uh, KWP. The you know FPL loves its uh, three-letter acronyms. It's TLAs. Um, so he's you know really cheap at four point five million. He's in a Southampton team who I am actually you know like really really high on this season. Uh, I was looking at it uh, before um, we were filming. We we're filming this actually, and since Southampton lost nine 0 to Leicester, they have they have uh, gotten the fourth most points in the Premier League. So that is over 25 games last season. They are fourth with 43 points. You know, the only teams wow. ahead of them are Liverpool, City, and United. Wow. So I am, yeah, right? It's, it's I surprising. I knew well first restart, but that well? Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Since that 9-0 back in, you know, so whatever, yeah, yeah. I think November maybe. Um, I think that was November or December. Yeah. But it was the last 25 games of the season. Hey, good for them. <laughs> yeah, I know. Good for them. So he and, and actually, uh, yeah. So what I was going to say is, then post restart, they were actually third on points, uh, and they they allowed the fifth fewest goals. So they were pretty um pretty solid there. Um, there were actually even a couple of times where they only allowed one goal, so just missed out of the clean sheet too. Um, so I th I think they're going to you know hopefully continue that form uh, into the new season. What scares me about him is a lack of clean sheets. I don't see them keeping too many clean sheets, even if they're winning games. You know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you said you even improved? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think, they, I think they've... So that's that's one of the situations where kind of the eye test when just watching a couple of their games, they look a lot more, you know, compact. Um, yeah. Hard to break down. Yeah. 
All right. He also returned uh, one assist in the final uh, post restart, so he can has potential to return assists and even goals. Yeah, he did a few shots post restart. Yeah, so. yeah, they were talking about him being a decent attacking option. Nothing yeah. crazy. No, no, no Trent like numbers, but you know, right? Well, I mean, defender. for four point five million, midfielder. Keeper, right? yeah. That's the thing is, for four point five million, he's basically nailed it right back. So yeah. you know, you yeah. can't ask for too much more. Um, yeah, and then my last defender. Um, excuse me, um, is Vinagre. Um, I think I'm pronouncing that right. I honestly have no idea because I've just read his name a bunch of times and I've never actually heard, <laughs> and, you know, heard, heard it said at all. Um, but like a lot of people, you know, are watching uh, Johnny um, on Wolves with his ACL injury. Um, so he's out long term. Um, and this is his expected replacement as left back slash left wing back. And, you know, as Wolves love, you know, with Doherty on the right, they love to get forward. So, you know, and they have a really solid defense as well. So a lot of clean sheet potential there. So at 4.5, it's a, you know, a pretty easy pick, provided they don't sign any, anyone else in that left back spot. Um, all right. That's so, so you went like mostly cheap on the defense minus yeah, Trent, yeah. obviously. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, same here. Well, maybe. I don't want to spoil it yet. <laughs> uh, you want to move on to your midfield? Or should we, are we all going to go through our defenses? Or? Yeah, why don't we all go through yeah. our Mm-hmm. You know, it's easier. All right. Taz, you ready, man? No, of course. <laughs> I'm ready, bro. Let's do it. Let's do it. C4, you got so, it? All right, there you go. Uh, previous seasons going for the set and forget uh, option for goalkeepers always got me really annoyed when that my goalkeeper came into like a fixture of like three to five games where it's like tough and he's not returning points. So uh, this season, I'm going to try to rotate two 4.5 keepers. So I'm only spending half a million more for um for this strategy and i don't think that's that big of a deal uh compared to like a seven forget keeper five and a half million i feel like this strategy will offer me like maybe two to three clean sheets more throughout the season and at the same time it's like do you want to like nobody's gonna spend money on a top uh you know top three team keeper like nobody wants like i'd rather have that spot from liverpool or man city for the three outfield players instead of like spending one on the keepers so Yeah. yeah um when I chose McCarthy and uh, Matt Ryan. They both uh, had decent amount of clean sheets towards the end last season. Southampton picked up a lot, but uh, I look like especially like this is something I considered before going in, but now like definitely confirmed post uh, schedule release. Uh, looking at it right now, if you I can rotate these two uh, keepers and have um, one of them starting uh, for their fixtures up until game sixteen, which is when the wild card one deadline is that our first wild card. Um, you have to use it before game sixteen, or it just gets. Uh, you basically lose it and up until then if i rotate them all the, i can get a fixture of a uh, difficulty rating of three or below except for one fixture where it's going to be four and i think it's going to be uh, mccarthy uh a way to uh, man united so i feel like up until then you know guarantee a dif- fixture difficulty of three according to the fail website that's like you know i think that's the best case scenario for me uh at the same time there's no keeper at 5.5 that i really like that i want to get over you know as i said forget and then the 5.0 million is just like useless in my opinion yeah but then the thing is with the 4.5 4.5 which i i think i used that strategy my first year you just got to guess right every week that's like a choice you got to make every single week that's a yeah that's a, that's I mean, a really ballsy move i mean i know you were saying you feel like you can do it it's gonna be great but uh i just i yeah i don't know if i have the balls for that person i just like to set and forget my keepers I, I personally, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's pretty easy for like some of the game weeks. Like I, I made like a spreadsheet for it for throughout the game weeks. Yeah. And the jids, like 
it'll be like a run of like where like McCarthy faces Liverpool, like City, and like oh. uh, like Wolves in three games in a row, and then while well, like uh, Ryan and Stacey and like Burnley, like Leeds, and like some other you know like kind of like weaker team, lower table team. So it's not that difficult. I, like there's only a few times where it could be a fifty fifty toss up, but at the same time, I would just choose uh, McCarthy personally because Southampton's looking a better team right now. Maybe they'll change down the line in the season. Taz, my biggest, the whole schedule. Wow. my biggest, uh, my biggest uh, counter argument to that would be Pope last season when a bunch of people dropped him before a really difficult run of fixtures, and he was coming out with you know some clean sheets, a bunch of save points too, and he just you know he yeah. killed it. And the people he who dropped him throughout that tough run of fixtures, I mean, they were you know sitting pretty. That is true, but he like at the same even, time, yeah. not like how many people are like you can like keep like Pope is like a kind of want to, like, you can't really compare previous seasons to him. Like, the way he outscored the rest of the keepers is just, I highly doubt it's going to happen again uh, this season, especially, like, watching some of the Burnley games, having their defenders. I was, like, cheering for clean sheets. But a lot of times, they just barely scraped by with, like, a 1-0 win or, like, even sometimes, you know, almost conceded. So, I don't think they're going to keep the same amount of clean sheets this season. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah, that's fair. My biggest my, my biggest caution there is also that not just that he outscored the, the rest of the keepers, but also that, you know, you wouldn't have thought he would have had all those clean sheets and save points. So with your rotation system, I feel like there's going to be a bunch of, like I've tried it before, and for me, there's just a bunch of times where, you know, you make the wrong choice on keeper, and it, you know, it just it just feels awful like you know see like six seven eight points yeah. on the bench and you got like a one pointer in, in the game and it just it's like an added decision where i feel like at the end of the season you you know you have all these keepers who are relatively close to each other in terms of total points scored so i mean at least personally i don't think it's a you know an, a, a something you need to worry about you know add it to the list that's true it depends just like how see like you used that you got annoyed from like having to choose and like you haven't made a poor decision of like your bench keeper actually outscoring for me is well, the opposite. We're like, <laughs> for me is the opposite. <laughs> where like I just had to like you know like had to use a free transfer to get like a better keeper in you know, and that's just like annoying to use. Like nobody wants to transfer out defenders or keepers. You want to use those transfers to rotate your premium like assets and forwards and midfielders. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's true. Going back to Nick Pope real quick. Yeah, owning him last year just felt so lucky every week. Like, like I, I just—he always performed better than I expected. Always, like I was not expecting to set and forget him. He was just kind of a cheap option that I threw in. I think like game week three or something. That was and, see, that was yeah. the, that was perfect for your strategy of falling asleep while setting your lineup. Yeah. I, did, I, did, I didn't think we were going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I fell, I fell asleep setting my lineup at least like six, seven game weeks last year. <laughs> I have no idea how I finished as well as I did. <laughs> <laughs> when did I finish our mini league? Like sixth? Yeah, no idea how yeah. that happened. <laughs> yeah. I was ahead of Gash for 36 game weeks, falling asleep almost every time I'm trying to pick my team. <laughs> and you were, what, 2,000 in the world after game week four or something? Or before game week four? Like game week four or five, yeah. I looked and I was like, oh shit, I'm top 2,000 in the world. <laughs> That's sick. And then, like, I fell asleep setting my lineup that night and then, you know, <laughs> <down> <laughs> <from> there. <laughs> C4, weren't you, like, top. 10 in Canada for like a little bit for, for quite a bit. Yeah, and I was in the top 1,000 for like a couple of weeks, but then, you know, everything went downhill when I blew a 60-point lead going into the <laughs> nine game weeks, but let's not bring that up, okay, honey? <laughs> Did you go, weren't you top 10, or am I making that up? No, that, that's right. I was top 10 one point in Canada. But, that's, but like, decently deep into the season. 
I, I want to say yeah, that I remember going to the restart. I'm pretty sure I was in the top 10k. I think it was like five, six k, and then everything just went downhill. Jeez. I looked afterwards yeah. just to compare. I think on average, I think really besides transferring in Alonso instead of Aspi in a week, I think what really killed me was my captain voices. Yeah, uh, I just yeah. don't remember a single good return. Nothing else matters. <laughs> I get lucky with my captains. Usually, I just, you just I, leave on the guy previous week when you sleep, you know. At this point, <laughs> I think this season I'm considering just giving the armband to one player and only changing it if they're not playing. Because I look that would be really risky. Okay. I went and looked. So, Magnus Carlson, his captain, ended up getting him somewhere. I think it was around like 300 extra points. Uh huh. So, uh, but then think about it. What did KDB got like 250 points last year? Yeah. So, captaining KDB every single week would have gotten yeah, you extra 250. So, if you switch your captain to any game with that, either KDB, you know, he's going to get arrested because of the Champions League or someone's injured, then you can make up that difference between 250, 300. Or, you know, switch it for double game week plus throwing a triple captain there. I think it's a. I think that's the biggest headache, and then people start overthinking it of, uh, oh, do I captain Salah, Mane, KDB, Sterling? Like, just, like, eventually you have oh, yeah. no sense to it. All those players are going to score you 200 plus points. Uh, it's irrelevant at that point, really. If mm-hmm. you're, like, thinking if that way, just don't forget, just pick which one you're, you know, performing at the time or whoever is your favorite. Yeah, plus, where's the thrill? I mean,. Yeah, where's the where's the anger and the disappointment? Yeah, I can't. I I want to cheer against Arsenal when KDB playing us. All right. Okay, so you try taking a I always lead like the last ten minutes of the FPL season. You tell me you still want thrills. I just KDB. Everything was fun. Listen, listen. You made it more exciting for you by throwing away a sixty-point lead. It's not our fault. Yeah, along with a thousand dollars. Let's talk about that. Yeah, let's get on to it. Taz, I think we're uh, about to get to your midfielders, right? Or no, defenders. Yeah, defenders yeah. Yeah. We, we, didn't even, we didn't even get to defenders yet. All right, let's, let's yeah, go. Yeah, we didn't finish on everyone's defenders. We still got to go. <laughs> Not yet, but uh, I mean, just like anybody else, I feel like everyone starting off the season is going to have Trent and then a bunch of 4.5 and cheaper options. You no. Know, I can see uh, maybe like some people trying to like double up on premium defenders with like Trent and like Doherty or Trent even Robertson, but right now with how many like good options there are in midfield, I would just not. I personally wouldn't go for it. So as you can see, Trent, like Gash said, no explanation needed. He takes free kicks for City, um, for Liverpool. He takes kicks on more corners than Robertson. You know, I think for some people are trying to save the half a million by going Robertson. I wouldn't do it unless you're trying to use it as a differential pick for, you know, in your mini league. Then uh, afterwards, I had I had Vinagre and Justin from, uh, uh, what's his name, Leicester City, both uh, filling in for injured players. Uh, you know, both Wolves and Leicester kept 13 clean sheets last uh, season. I think they're tied for top four and uh, best, the fourth in the league best. So can't really, those are like the cheapest options to get into those defenses that, you just can't go wrong with. Uh, if they do, you know, Wolves do sign on left back, then they'll probably just move uh, Vinagre to somebody else like uh, uh, Lofton from uh, Brian Hove or even uh, 
you know, you can wait a week and get like Burley. Yeah, you can wait a week and get one of the Burley defenders, either Peters or Taylor, both solid into Burnley uh, defense. And Burnley probably are still, I don't think they're going to keep as many cliches as they did last season, but they should still keep more than, uh, you know, 12. Yeah, and then uh, for Ferguson jumped right up on the hype train as everyone else did. I think Ferguson, as of recording right now, he is the highest owned uh, defender that's under four and a half million. So he, even though he's four million, he's owned more than a lot of these four and a half million defenders. Uh, speaks, yeah, it speaks a lot for uh, the hype behind them. Uh, I feel like you know, for him and my other Johnson, they're both just enablers for me to have uh, more expensive players elsewhere in the team. Uh, you know, if they get playing time, you know, it's good. But I just main thing for them is for me, you know, not to lose money in them for them to go down. You know, if Ferguson does go up to 4.2 million or even more, I can easily transfer out and use that 0.1 million to like pick up a really, you know, hot asset, you know, somebody like maybe Aguero like goes on a tear and, you know, I need the extra million to actually later on in the season to afford him. But yeah, besides that, just kept this into with simple with Trent and uh, cheap defense. All right. Um, so that's your whole defense. So C4, you want to go next, bro? Sure. So goal is pretty much the same as Gash strategy-wise. Newland, I think, best 4.0 in terms of having a chance to start. McCarty, I don't know if I'm completely sold on him as my 4.5, but I thought, you know, right now if he's Southampton's goalie, that's a pretty good opportunity. Like Gash said, you know, pretty good record going into the end of the season after that 9-0 loss. Defense is where... I made things a little more different. Mm. So I agree with uh, Taz Ooh. on having like a Johnson and Ferguson, like cheap enablers. But that also led me to Mitchell because it looks like Mitchell for Crystal Palace, he'll at least start for the first couple of game weeks. Now, I don't know again how Gash brought up the point of how Roy Hodgson likes having some experience with his youth. My logic here is that, you know, of these three 4.0 defenders, I feel like Ferguson and Johnson both have a good opportunity of sticking the rest of the season. Or at least one of them will. Especially with Johnson and Ferguson, they can both switch sides, I believe. I'm not 100% sure on that. I think Johnson definitely can. James Justin, cheap way into the Leicester defense. Only thing I'm concerned with there is Sianchu is still out for the first couple of weeks of the season. Like Leicester was pretty leaky at the back towards the end of the last season. So who knows that go? So who knows how that goes? Because it- it's because Soybo was out, that's why. Yeah, so... First I mean, they have more injuries than that. And the yeah. attack yeah, had yeah. some injuries, so it's just I mean, hard for them. I just, I, just wanted to, I just wanted to say Soy Boy. I just wanted an excuse for that. Perfect. It's perfect I, for United chasing Champions League. I mean, no yeah, offense but, to Leicester, but you can have fun. <laughs> <laughs> we have to start West Morgan against Man U in the last game week? Like, that's not optimal. Can't and then my biggest... Difference there between the rest of the guys is I I'm ready to say I bet my any FPL winnings I get this season on Robertson outscoring Trent Alexander Arnold. It's gonna be zero. Wow. That's a <laughs> that's a that's a hot that's take a, right there. That's a hot take for sure. So what makes you think my, my logic is here that I think this is gonna be a one off season where I think the last nine fixtures with Project Restart are going to be a better indicator of next season taking the whole season as a whole. So, looking through the comparison tool of Trent and Robertson, outside of that one Chelsea game where Trent had the goal off the free kick and the sister Firmino, 
he didn't have any other attacking returns in any games. Whereas Robinson had his four attacking returns post-restart spread out over the other fixtures. And if you're also going further into that, you know, uh, Robertson, he had far more touches in the box. You know, 13-2 to two in those final nine games. He had more final third passes, averaging 30 per start, whereas Trent was only at 22. And then, you know, expected assists was the only area where it was kind of closer, where, you know, Trent was at 0.26, but then Robertson was at 0.41. And so then if you dumb that all down to what their expected points were per those games during the restart, Trent was at expected points per start of 5.01, whereas Robertson was at 5.86. And I think that's too big of a gap to ignore. I think there's something there. I think if Liverpool does regress, I think defensively will be one of the biggest areas. So if you're already looking at, you know, Robertson was having more success relying on his attacking returns than Trent, that there's a bigger opportunity there there be a disparity in their points totals. Yeah, you're saying like you, you believe clean sheets are going to go down, so you're just betting on uh, Robertson? Oh, that's I, interesting. I think the reasons might come down more to their, like I think the biggest differentiator between them is maybe their attacking returns. I don't think... Got you. Because originally I was considering having three Liverpool defenders. Yeah, but then to me, at a certain point, it's like I don't think Virgil is going to have as many clean sheets as last year. So basically, it came down to okay, I only want one Liverpool defender. Which one do I think is going to return more attacking wise? And based on the stats, and honestly, based off of watching a couple of last games, like I think it's like Robertson. So do you have do you have do you know the numbers per ninety? Because I think Trent was rotated more in those last the post restart than Robertson. So do you want per ninety? I can grab those quick. I'm just curious. I'm just curious. No, I don't need to know. I was just curious if it was like closer or something. Because at least to, at least to me, I think Trent was rotated more. That's a good point. Uh, no, I, that's I a really that pick, right man. now. Uh, Trent only played in those. Uh, actually, wait, no. After because uh, Robertson was out for that one game, he didn't play a full game. But besides that, I think Trent was rotated a few games. But uh, the the. the See, for to your point, they end up scoring the same amount of uh, points in the post restart. So even you know those returns that Robertson had didn't really affect as much. So I mean, but per yeah, but if the same points, point five mil. I see what you mean, but I think it's I disagree. But I see what you I see what you mean. So if you want, so per ninety minutes, Trent and Robertson after the restart, Trent was at five point three six points, whereas Robo was at six point three eight. Robo? What's he? Robocop? <laughs> Robertson. <laughs> Robertson. <laughs> Rob Ro Robo? <laughs> and then looking even again, like their expected assist per 90 after the restart, uh, Robertson was at 0.46, whereas Trent was at 0.25. Like, I think people are acting like... I think people are acting like there's such a huge difference between them, whereas... Okay, you know, even if Trent regresses a little and Robertson does a little better, they're still going to end up at the same like points yeah. at the end of the season. Yeah, I don't know. For me, it was I just, think... it just it, the crazy because you know Trent had Trent almost beat uh, Robbo's record from a what, two seasons ago, like the points mm -hmm. record in FPL, and he had you know way way fewer clean sheets than Robbo had in that season. It was just his attacking returns almost caught up. So I don't know. I I, I just think it's you know I I kind of back him to, to keep that up. 
I admit it's risky. I just think that, you know, maybe it, for that big risk, I don't what I was going to be able to do in my midfield. I think it's worth it. Even with, I, I'm completely confident that he'll outscore him. You know, bro, do it then. Do it. I, I yeah, it'll help me, it'll I help like me finish above you in the mini league. That's, that's <laughs> the game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's pick up the pace a little bit. We're uh, slowing down a bit here. Um, so I guess now it's my turn to go through. Do you want to do the midfielders and forwards together afterwards? Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, we'll just keep going like this. We'll just speed it up a little bit. Okay. All right. So uh, for my goalkeepers, I also went with the four four point five strategy. Um, I think this is Gash. This is what you had, right? Yep. All right. So y'all already heard this from Gash. I'm not going to rehash this, but yeah. So Ryan and Nyland, you can move on to my defense. Um, all right. So defense, uh, I have Peters. Uh, Peters returned for me a few times post restart. So, uh, you know, big fan so far. Ferguson, everybody's got Ferguson. Trent, everybody got Trent. Vinegar or Vinegre, everybody's got him too. But Doherty is the, the big difference between uh, the four of us here. I'm really high on Doherty. Uh, Doherty, Doherty. Um, you know, only 6.0, but has a big-time attacking potential. Um, you know, Wolves defense we already talked about quite a bit. They're solid. They're great. Um, so I have the potential for clean sheets with that. And I think he's like... I think he has potential to do what Trent did like two years ago, where he was kind of like underpriced and a little more under wow. the radar and just like went off. Not not to the same extent, not like Trent was setting records and stuff, but you know, he's also only a 6.0. I think he's going to be valuable, real valuable. Um, that's like my favorite pick that I have. I'm just like very high on him. Do you not think this was his going off season? This past one? Yeah. No, nah, this, this past season was his breakout, but I think he's just going to keep going up. As long as as long as long Bali stays fit, I think that's a... I mean, they're, yeah. they're a lot better defensively when Bali's playing. So if he stays fit, I think he's got a pretty good shot for like a lot of clean sheets. Yeah, yeah. Good shot for clean sheets. I'm like, really... He returned a lot, especially post-restart. He was he was solid for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't, have the, I don't have the fancy stats that y'all have, but, um, you know, <laughs> I'm, 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 big on, I'm big on Doherty. Yeah, I'm big on, big on Doherty. I'm pretty sure there's two um, times where Doherty didn't even start. He came on like the 60th minute and returned an assist yeah. point. So he's, yeah. he's just all around good. He's just a fucking beast, basically. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he's great. <laughs> um, uh, so let's move on to the midfielders. Everybody's midfielders. Uh, I guess we'll keep it in the same order that we've been going. So uh, Gash, why don't you uh, hit us with your midfielders? Yeah, sure. What's up? We're going midfielders plus forwards here. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, let's do it. So, yeah, that's fine. Okay, so we got midfielders and forwards in there. Um, Aubameyang, um, I was kind of mentioning this to these guys here um, before we started today, um, but I'm actually not too sold on Aubameyang, so I may be uh, adjusting that, um, you know, after this. But for now, I mean, he's it, it's just the fact that he how many goals he scored last season and that he's playing in midfield now. I mean, he, he's, uh, you know, really out of, like, out of position, um, potential um for all those extra um you know points for goals and stuff um the one thing that holds me back on him is he has um you know i was looking at his stats and he actually overperformed his expected goals by seven you know he was projected about 16 and a half and he scored 23 and you know looking back through his seasons 
the most he's ever overperformed beforehand was um, uh, by less than one. So he would have like you know a fifteen point five and score sixteen goals. He had never he's never gone more than a one difference between the two. So I really don't did think you, it's sustainable. Did you look back to uh, Did you look back to his Dortmund years too? That includes the uh, this was all yeah. This was Dortmund as well. Arsenal and Dortmund. Wow. Okay. Okay. So that's so that's kind of my sticking point. But at the same time, I, I think it's not enough to put me off him with a lot of people owning him at the start of the season. Um, yeah, no, yeah. A lot of people here. use <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people are using him as a KDB cover. I know that. But um, as a big Arsenal fan, you know, one thing I can say about him is I'm like surprised to hear that he overperformed that much because there's a lot of games where he'll miss he'll miss like a sitter or two and still score yeah. two. So it's just like surprising to me that you're saying he he overperformed because I know I've seen him miss a lot of sitters, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't know. It feels like it feels like he underperformed. It, it right, feels right. like it as a fan, but um, yeah. yeah. No, it so is do you only have? Do you only have? Are you going to try to slide over here? <laughs> yeah, are you only keeping him for the two. Are you one of those using him as a KDB replacement? I think so. I mean, that's I can't you know say for sure with what's going to happen. I maybe he scores back to back hat tricks, and I keep my words and you know keep him in there and start captaining him. But at least that's the plan as of now. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> Yeah. By the way, I kind of feel like the Brady Bunch right now, just like all of our pictures in, in the corner. <laughs> this is a really good thumbnail right now. Yeah, this works. This is good. Yeah. So let me uh, let me let me keep going to the midfield then. Uh, so Ziyech, uh Chelsea signing from Ajax. I think I'm actually really excited to. Uh, well, I mean, as a United fan, I, I hope he fails. But as an FPL supporter, um, I you know if I have him on my team, I want him doing well. And I think he's going to do well. Um, he creates a lot of chances. Um, He's like a big fan of like a back post cross from what I've seen. And, you know, they have Pulisic coming in from the opposite side or even uh, Werner if he's playing off the left wing to the back post. So I think that could be a really deadly combination um, or like over the, over the length of the season. Um, he also shoots a lot. He averages like, you know, four or five shots per game. So, I mean, that might dip a little bit with coming to the, the Prem instead of the, uh, the Dutch League. Um, but I think he's going to at least keep up like, you know, part of that. He seems to be a pretty, you know, uh, inter integral part of you know, creativity to his team. Um, How do you feel about him being a, an eight? You think it's a fair price? I was expecting like an eight point five. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm I was expecting I was expecting like a seven point five. Honestly, I don't know why. Really? Just, just something like he's, a, he's been he's been pretty big in the Champions League like for Ajax yeah. the past season or two. So you know what? I think I was I was I think he's going to do better like covering for Pulisic's injury. You know, I, I'm curious to see how they do when he comes back. Uh, if they can code, if they can coexist or not. Yeah, I'm getting. I think they'll both be starting. I think they'll both be playing opposite sides. Yeah, yeah, but really I think, I think so. on rest. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I don't know. I just think Christian will take chances away from him. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe you, you can see it that way, but also like you got to realize that last season Chelsea had what Abraham and Giroud as the strikers. Now Timo Werner, more clinical striker, will put away more chances from Pulisic. William gone. He played the right wing for them. Uh, when Blaine wasn't playing, Mount was covering it there. So I think that's where uh, he's just gonna slide into. And uh, the only thing that I can see like that stopping is they they get a uh, Kai Havertz, which would then like you know make you question if you do want to have Ziyech. But I, last season, I hope that doesn't happen. Oh, I, I hope it doesn't happen either for because Ziyech for he's eight million, so, he's, he's a great so bargain. I think Kai is so good. I do not want to see him at Chelsea. I, know, I think he's gonna sign though. What are you guys worried about um, Ziyech not having played since the restart? Him and Werner? Um, 
or so uh, were no, at least not too much. Period. Yeah, because yeah, isn't this like an average summer break then, considering that? Yeah, like roughly. No, for his ditch, it would be really long because the Netherlands cancel the rest of their season. Like, right, right, so he hasn't played since like March. March. Yeah, I think they did, but I don't know. I'm not too worried. Right. I think he'll start. Yeah, I mean, quickly, while well, we're still talking about ZH, though, but, like, his, uh, he, he, I'm pretty sure he was, I don't, I can't remember if he was injured or, uh, for a lot of the Ajax season, but he, had, like, returned, uh, uh, what's the name, a, a goal or assist almost, like, every 90 minutes, which is pretty good, even in for the, yeah. what's the name, right, Divisi, and then in six Champions League appearances, he had two goals and four assists, like, and he's also looking to take over set pieces for, uh, Chelsea once he does mm-hmm. go there. Once he starts playing, I think for eight million for a Chelsea attacker, who right now their only hope is to outscore their opponents when they haven't signed a new defender yet. I feel like he's just, I, I, yeah, that's like that's almost true. like not that's even a Chelsea point. If he fails, Chelsea games are going to be like three, four, five goals <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah. isn't the rumor right now that if he fails, you can easily downgrade him to like a Bowden or a Rashford. I mean, I uh, yes, Greenwood. Yeah. What were you saying, C4? You're about to say Isn't the rumor right now that they're going after Dunk? At least for a new center back, Chelsea? Yeah, but is, but yeah. is that really going to change things like that much? If Dunk's, I mean, good. he's solid at least. But he's, he's not, not like game changer. He's, so he's, he's FPL, not so he's not like a Chelsea level center back, I don't think. That, and I, think yeah, I don't think it'll turn their defense around or anything. It's not yeah, a slam dunk. That was the other one. Thiago Silva should be good for like a year. Yeah. <laughs> He's not a slam dunk. Everyone acknowledges the ball, please. <laughs> well done, Taz. Well done. All right, let's uh let's move along. Yeah, let's let me let me just uh, knock out the rest of these midfielders. Um, so Salah again. I mean, uh, he's freaking Mo Salah. You know, uh, you love to be love to have him as a Liverpool fan. Everyone else hates him. Uh. Because he's killing it. He has been killing it. Um, he's on penalties as long as James Milner's not on the field. Um, and he's actually, he actually, believe it or not, this was the first time this past season he underperformed his expected goals since 2014. So I think yeah. we're even we're even due to see a little bit, you know, back to the regular solid next season of a couple more goals. And, you know, really, uh, he was kind of out of the golden boot race at the end. So, you know, yeah. real, real challenge. Um, yeah, he seemed, he didn't seem the same this past year. Yeah, I think, I think he just wasn't, you know, normally he's finishing but, chances left and right, and he's just missed a few of those, so. And Mane was so much better last year as well, like, better than ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taz, where you at, man? Join us. <laughs> oh, we're back. Right. <laughs> Who else you got in midfield? Uh, I have uh, Armstrong in there next, and he is a, you know, 5.5 for Southampton, so I, as you can see by my, my team when it's up there, I'm a you know a very big fan of Southampton at the start of the season. Uh, Armstrong was you know really good since the restart at last season. Um, I have the stats here. He had like he had five goals and assists, so three goals and two assists um, post lockdown. Um, he really that's he started seven out of nine games. And he was you know not really a guaranteed starter before that, so I think that pretty much solidified his place here. And for five point five, I just think he's real you know really well priced. Uh, and then Susek finally uh, five point from West Ham. So he's actually a, a defensive midfielder, um, which is, you know, kind of surprising because he, he gets a decent amount of points. Um, he gets forward a lot, especially in a Moist team who loves his, you know, his filet type, his big, strong, you know, uh, midfielder in the middle that can win a lot of headers. And that's basically what yeah. Susek does. So he, uh, 
He had three goals um, post-restart. He had, like, an expected goals, like, 2.5 or something. So it's not like he was, you know, just crazy finishing for him. He actually had the chances. Um, so I just think he's really good, you know, probably the best uh, five-pono price uh, midfielder. Um, and then bet. I'll, I'll go through my forwards really quick. So um, Werner, um, I think he's going to have a really solid start to the season. I'm actually still, you know, debating him because he's typically always played us alongside, like, a target man. Uh, so, like, he was always alongside Poulsen at Leipzig. Um, so yeah. maybe there's a chance he plays alongside Giroud at Chelsea. Um, but, you know, I know a couple of these guys here have him in their team, so we can, we can discuss maybe, like, once, uh, you know, we go back to your guys' forwards or something. Um, Bamford is a really interesting case because he actually missed so, so many chances, la big chances last season. Um, he, missed, he missed 33 big chances last season in the championship. And it's just ridiculous because the number of times, the number of chances that Leeds create, he still scores a decent amount of goals. He's just not, he hasn't proven himself to be too good of a finisher yet. So I'm kind of taking a little bit of a punt there with, it, uh, with him on 5.5. Uh, my main reasoning behind it is that I haven't, Leeds haven't signed a striker yet. So I'm just going to, you know, wait and see what happens there. And Bielsa tends to be very loyal to the players he picks. So, you know, Bamford has been starting week in, week out, even though he's missing all these chances. So I, I think he's going to, you know, at least stick with him for the start of, for the, start of the season um, and, and let him go. Um, and then finally, my last guy there is Danny Ings, who, you know, my third Southampton player, the only team I've uh, tripled up on. Tripled up on. Um, and I just think he's, uh, you know, he was in great form last season. Uh, he's, you know, putting away chances left and right. And I think that with Southampton and the form they're in, you know, he's kind of, he's, you know, pretty much the key man for them. So he's going to be at the center of, um, you know, a lot of their attacks. And he's also like a, uh, um, a bonus point magnet when he does score. So he tends to get a lot of the bonus points, which is really good from an FPL perspective. You're not scared of him regressing at all? Um, maybe a little bit, but I think actually with like, you know, Armstrong and uh, one or two other more creative players in Southampton's team. So like Kyle Walker-Peters coming in from like, you know, mm -hmm. as an overlapping fullback and creating chances. I think that um, he was doing... He was scoring with less than what he'll have this season, so I'm kind of hoping that he'll maybe regress a little bit, but get a little bit more chances to offset that um, and you know, uh, keep going. I mean, even so, if he regresses a little bit, he was in the Golden Boot race all the way to the end. So yeah, like, yeah. You, and, you take a slight, you take a slight regression at that price. And keep in mind, yeah. he had—I I don't know how many penalties he had, but he was maybe he might have taken maybe like scored one or something, but he was not on penalties uh, for Southampton. You know, that was James Ward Press's right. job. So those are real goals. <laughs> so those are all like pretty much all yeah. open play. That ain't no Man United goals. Those are real goals. Nah, bro. Varchet. You mean Varchet? <laughs> I, I, I don't support Man <laughs> The reason why I asked about the regression is because, you know, Ings and Jimenez, you know, both 8.5 strikers. And yep. re realistically, last year, they, I think, what was it? Ings finished on 198 points. Jimenez finished on 194. Yeah. From my perspective, at least, Jimenez is a really consistent striker. Like, I think you know what you're getting from him. It's Mr. Lyle. But do not think it's Jimmy. worth it just to have him in there for the... Like, are you so, taking a risk with things? This just is to one have of my him perform as good cases. last year. Right, this is one of my cases where I'm thinking, you know, I looked at, you know, the numbers and stuff, and then I just looked at some videos, and I just have, you know, more of a gut feeling with things. I think Jimenez is a great striker, a great player. Um, and I think it's really, really tight, and I still might switch it before the you know the game week one deadline. But as of right now, I just you know have this uh, you know good feeling with things. So stick it out. I would definitely have Ings for the first two game weeks over him and us. I would definitely have Ings for the first couple of game weeks. Yeah, Saints have a pretty good fixtures at the start. So yeah.
there's some there's some very very small buzz about him and his uh in the transfer market as well. So that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, yeah, I, know, I doubt them. I doubt it as well. I doubt it as well, but it's just something to look at. Yeah. Um. All right. Who wants to go next? Taz, I believe, is next. You can go with my team. You ready? So, uh, yeah. yeah. So, so, pretty much a very similar lineup to uh, Ashes. Uh, you got Basala. Basala yeah. and Aubameyang. Uh, you know, Aubameyang just a placeholder for me for the first two game weeks. And then planning to transfer out Aubameyang for KDB. Like everybody else, <laughs> who's probably picking up Aubameyang. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I, I think, you know, KDB is probably just going to break his record of uh, points they scored last season. And just keep on going. Uh, Salah's a, you know, as we've mentioned, one just a great, uh, what's his name, uh, asset to have, and I think he's a must player. Uh, I found it interesting they play, they price Mane the same price as him. Uh, they both, uh, I think it was like Salah had a uh, 43% uh, involvement in all of Liverpool's goals, and Mane had 42%, but Salah underperformed, and I think for 12 million, I just can't go with uh, Mane over Salah for those people that are debating them. Uh, Son is my, I did not have in my team. Uh, before the fixtures came out, I actually had um, Rashford in my team, and uh, that's who I'm going to probably transfer in later on. I currently have this team uh, 0.5 in the bank to, for Son to go in uh, to tr- Rashford because uh, I have to have one of the main United boys know. Especially, you know, you can make an argument for even getting uh, Greenwood if uh, Sancho doesn't uh, get transferred in, but uh, hopefully he doesn't make Greenwood price. You know, way very enticing to have, but uh, Son's just a punt for like their easy uh, you know, fixtures to start uh, under Mourinho. Son's been averaging like almost six points per game. Uh, he had 11 goals and 13 assists last season, and just uh, I think he's a you know good uh, risk to take at the beginning of the season, especially those fixtures. I do think Kane is the better option, but uh, just in my team, I couldn't justify having uh, two premium if you, uh, two premium strikers, and I definitely wanted to have Werner. I feel like Werner. Um, not even just for like taking the risk on Werner, especially since you know last season uh, he finished uh, with twenty eight goals and eight assists for Leipzig in the uh, in the Bundesliga and the Champions League. But also like I don't see uh, Giroud or Abraham taking away his time on the pitch, and he could also possibly have penalties, which is uh, even more goals for the Chelsea lineup, especially with uh, Pulisic running in, possibly getting uh, penalty kicks, and also. Um, uh, you know, I when I structure my team, there's everyone's probably gonna you know gonna have at least two to even maybe three premium assets in midfield. I think it's very important to like have one least premium asset uh, with Werner in the forward spot just in case I need to like transfer out money uh, or transfer you know for somebody else. Let's say Ings is doing well, I can easily downgrade to him, and that's something like everyone should take into consideration when making their team. Before this, I had a you know a three five two with like two like six point oh. Uh, Strikers doesn't mean like those six pounds strikers won't return, but like you know, if you have like Vardy going off or Kane for going off, like the, the whole goal of my team when I was setting this up is like I should be able to get a player within one to two transfers maximum, and they shouldn't take me more than that. So he's kind of just like a placeholder there. Um, having Mitrovic uh, as my other forward, uh, you know, a lot of people are saying he won't have the same 26 goals he had in the championship, but you know. In 2018, 2019, when he was in the Premier League, he had 11 goals, three assists. If he brings that this season again, I can't complain about that. You know, yeah, somebody else. Yes, mm-hmm. but yeah, for six million, you know, other people are looking at six million. It's like uh, 
Jay Adams had a good, you know, him pairing up with Danny Ings could possibly, you know, have more turns. He was pretty hot post restart. You know, if you have somebody a little bit more above that, you can, you know, have Michael Antonio, but West Ham have terrible fixtures starting of the, of the season. That's why I didn't go for uh, Susek. Susek. Everybody else that went for it, I had to go for um, yeah. Armstrong that, uh, you know, I, I looked at the just general stats and Armstrong for a 5.5 million or below midfielder. He was like, tie, uh, he was after Lundstrom in the, what's his name, in points scored last season. So, you know, he's, uh, I think he's uh, going under the radar. He's not very owned. And, uh, I believe, like, you know, he finished off by midfield. And then besides that, uh, I was the ish. You talked about him before. You know, I, th- I think he's just somebody, you know, I want to, I mean, it might be too much to take to risk on Chelsea players. Chelsea might just end up sucking in the beginning of the season, but I feel like it's a for eight million. Just if he was a, if he was eight point five or above, maybe I would not have taken him. But for eight million, I feel like it's just could be a, like yeah. one of the steals of the season. And then my last one, I don't even know what his name is. He just uh, he just in there for the price. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, attacker. Yeah. Yeah. You don't even know his name. What the hell? <laughs> yes. I, I I close my eyes. Just at the limit. Uh, imagine imagine the guy in the locker room. The guy in the locker room and his name is just like scribbled on there. You can't read it. Yeah, Davis. 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 See, but there's a worry there that because he's the most owned four point five, that you know once everyone wild cards yep. second game week, his price is going to go down. And you're going to be screwed. Yep. I had Davis too. My team. Yeah, but, but damn, I didn't even think of that. Wow, that's next level <laughs> thinking, right? <laughs> yeah, but so we're we gonna risk it on uh, for a forward. Like I see some people having Brewster on their team, but then I don't want to use a uh, what's the name uh, Liverpool spot for uh, because there's so few four point five forwards. I built my team around not having four point five forward. The thing is, I mean, the thing is, sorry to cut you off, but um, I think a lot of people and like maybe even some Liverpool people are like expecting Brewster to get a loan to one of these other other teams. Yeah. And I think that make him a very. I have, I have him in like kind of a watch list, and he, I think he'd be a very viable option at four point five. He would be if he got or, a, especially for four point five. He'd be extremely, extremely good if he's you know getting uh, minutes on one yeah, of the you know sure. lower teams in the league. Could be possibly another Greenwood from last season, but uh, yeah, right, right. Yeah, but that's that's you know this is something that uh, we, all our teams are going to change, but once transfers are finalized before the season starts, so yeah, definitely. yeah, we'll, we'll do another episode with our final teams. Uh, for sure. for All right, so uh, C4, you want to give us your midfielders and forwards? Yep, here we go. All right, let's do it. So <laughs> kind of following the same thing as last time with the other teams, except, you know, you can't see the names because I'm a dumbass and I don't know how to crop. Uh, <laughs> only difference in midfield I made was St. Maximum. I just think, you know, you look at Newcastle's fixtures mm-hmm. to start the season, they're pretty good. And you needed one of you needed one of your own uh, Newcastle boys in there. Yeah, you know Santiago Munoz isn't in the game. So, so, so. <laughs> can I? Uh, I, I don't mean to cut you off right as you start, but I am a, I am hugely against ASM for this season. How do you feel about ASMR a, though? What's that? How do you feel about ASMR though? <laughs> ASMR, I, I love them, but ASM just drop the R. And, How would you not like ASMR? <laughs> I don't think that's what ASMR does. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I I was looking at like ASM versus Armstrong because they're both at the same 5.5 million price point. Um, ASM only had three goals and four assists in all of last season, and three of those assists came in one game. So the rest so, of the season, he had four, he had three goals and one assist. And I just don't think that's anywhere. I mean, 
Armstrong had three goals and two assists post restart alone. You know, and I and I think I mean if you I saw a a tweet um you know earlier today that was you know the list of names here Henderson, Moutinho, Shelby, Rodri, and a bunch of other players also scored more um or five point five mids and they outscored ASM last season. So I'll just preface all this by saying that I have ASM in because of his good fixtures. I'm not completely sold on him. Armstrong would be the other choice right now. Uh, I was thinking about trying to get a couple, like another 0.5 or a million in there to have Foden as a bench option right away. You know, I think that's not worth it based on the rest of my team. But, Pepper let. Yeah. So then up top, that's Warner, Mitrovic, and Kane. So, you know, at 9.5, 6, 10.5. Ooh, you took Kane. At the bottom. Yeah, I took Kane because just looking at what? Spurs added uh, Hoijberg, so Kane yeah, should be coming back as much this season, I think. <laughs> in that now, last, now, mm. Dude, he's a, Marie, he's a Mourinho striker. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> he's all yeah. CDM. Uh, yeah. This is not going to make any sense, but I also think Spurs are going to get that second season Mourinho bump. That's completely sentimental. It's based off no numbers. I just, you know, Harry Kane looked really good towards the end of last season. He produced well. I think just based off the, t- the way the team is built and how Son isn't being utilized properly, like he's not being given a lot of opportunities to cut inside. I think Kane's going to be the main focal point of their attack. Uh, the only thing I would say there is I'm currently considering going between Kane and Vardy just to use that extra 0.5 in defense. Well, I'm not completely sold on that either. Just because you know Spurs have, I would say, better fixtures in the first nine to ten game weeks in comparison to Leicester City, mm-hmm. based off what I've seen. Yeah. But realistically, looking at that attack, I would say I'm giving Kane and uh, Warner to, like a three game week tryout for which premium striker stays. I have a plan for transfers that involves taking one of them out to Jimenez. And then depending on which price difference, it dictates which Man United midfielder I get. I take out Warner, I'm getting Rashford. I take out Kane, I'm getting uh, Fernandez. That's and then Alba automatically game week three. He's going to Sterling. Oh, Sterling, not KDB. Wow. I just think there's no. Like, so you're not going to have KDB in your team this year. I, when, I saw, when I saw the fixtures, for the mm-hmm. first six hours that I saw the fixtures, I was strongly considering not having a City player for the first nine game weeks. Nine? What? I think they easily have the worst schedule in the Premier League for the first Yeah, but they're games. City. But they're City. It's a clear-cut second-best team. It is a, okay. Clear-cut second-best team, worst fixtures. Is it really worth owning? Some of them for nine game weeks instead of a Fernandez or a Mane who have better fixtures. So the thing I will say is that um, in terms of your, your Sterling over KDB, I actually don't hate that entirely. Um, I, I KDB think, uh, KDB ahead. had a bunch of goals last year where he you know he had you know just you know absolute snipes from outside the box, and I'm not saying he can't do that uh, you know again this season. But I don't think he'll score them as regularly as he did this past season. 
And the sheer Sterling, I, I was looking at his like you know shots inside the box number because you know I was just wondering you know chances created by a Pep team, and he takes a he's uh, he has eighty three goal like you know shots in the box over the season, which is a crazy amount for you know especially you know someone not playing as the main. I mean he did play as a striker sometimes, but he was mostly playing off the left wing. Um, he should have had you know based on his expected assists, you know he should have had about five more assists too. Um, he was right at his like expected goals numbers, so I, I think he actually, you know, was a little bit unlucky to only score as many points as he did this past season. So just following up off of that, based off of after the restart, like looking at Sterling versus uh, KDB per ninety minutes, KDB was at eight point eight, Sterling was at thirteen point eight five. Yeah, like I mean, that's just crazy. Expected points, yeah. KDB was at seven point two four, Sterling was at ten point one. Expected goals, KDB was at 0.16, Sterling was at 1.09. Like, to me, that's, like, that's huge. You can't just ignore that. I, I see yeah. what you mean. All right. No, Sterling, I mean, I still think, I still think, uh, it's, I still think it's crazy not to have KDB. That's crazy to me. Yeah, the one thing about KDB is that he's, he's probably the most nailed City player other than Ederson. Um, yeah, I think it's crazy yeah. not to have a City player after, you know, giving myself time to reflect on it. I just couldn't find a way to have both, or sorry, all three of Sterling, KDB, and Salah on the same team with it making sense. Personally, because I also don't think Greenwood's a good option for for United. I don't think it's worth it at 7.5, but... Yeah, he's a little expensive. If Sancho doesn't sign, I think he's, you know... I mean, oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Compared to him, the only thing compared that, to him to Rashford or Martial. Only thing that might change my mind is if Aguero does. Usually, like Pep likes to, you know, give him a couple of games to get into it. Like he won't start him every single game week, but if he's like nailed on from game week one, from game week two or three, then that might make me reconsider. Because I was reading supposedly Aguero, when he plays, Sterling's output is way less. Mm. Which I would believe. That makes sense, yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, so I guess I'll go through my, uh, my team now. The, yep. the best team uh, out of all, all of ours. So we got Alba. <laughs> we got Aubameyang, of course. Uh, I actually am not planning on dropping Alba for KDB uh, or anyone. Uh, I'm, I'm planning on keeping Aubameyang in my team for, for a while, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm an Arsenal fan. Yeah, that's probably part of it. But, um... <laughs> It does. It does. Uh, it it just makes the games more enjoyable to watch for me if I'm rooting for Alba as well. Um, and obviously he's great. Like I said, I feel like he uh, underperformed, even though that's I guess not true according to Gash's stats. But I'm for now. I'm sticking with Alba. Uh, we got Saka in there as well at five point five. Uh, you know, if he can produce like he produced in uh, in the other competitions last year, if he gets more of a solid role in the Premier League games, uh, I think he can do some damage. Uh, he's great with the uh, the assists. We know. I don't know. I think if he just plays more consistently, like we can expect more from him. What is what is that see for? <laughs> is that supposed to be me? I think that's a bombing. <laughs> is that supposed to be all about me? <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, Saka looked really, really good in the Europa League and in the, the other competitions, and I'm expecting him to get a lot more game time uh, in the Prem this year, so that should be good. Uh, Stevens, I just needed a 4.5 option. Uh, you know, out of the 4.5 options, he seemed like the best the best shot for me there. Uh, Ziyech, 
Uh, 8.0. I don't feel great about him, honestly. But um, I have 3 mil in the bank, so I'm free. You have 3 mil in the bank? Yeah, because, well, after the fixtures dropped, I just moved KDB right to ZH, and I didn't want to move too much around because I want to be able to put KDB right back in game week two. So you honestly don't think it's worth rearranging your team to having a Salah or a Mane in game week one? If I'm debating between Salah and Alba, uh, like, for the whole season. I think you'd have both. For game yeah, week well... It's my team, so uh, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, and side ZH, yeah, I don't feel great about him, but, you know, 8.0. If he hits the ground running, that'd be good for me. And um, my last player in midfield was, uh, can I get my screenshot back up? I kind of forgot. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Foden. Foden. I feel good about Foden, uh, especially at 6.5. Uh, that's pretty cheap for what he can do. Remember, they're losing David Silva this year. Uh, I think Foden is the guy who will pick up some of that slack. I'm sure it'll be spread around uh, a little bit, but Foden is seems to be that guy getting ready to take that role. Uh, Pep seems to like him. He seems to be playing a lot uh, post-restart as well. I don't know. Just feel good about him, especially at 6.5. If he can produce something close to what David Silva did at his 6.5 price point, I will be thrilled. Thrilled. Uh, let's move on to... Uh, post-restart post Foden. Post restart, Foden had very similar numbers to Greenwood, and I forgot which one was like, I believe it's like attempted assist. He like even outperformed him, and uh, for a whole million less, you know, if Foden starts to get more playing time, uh, you know, if you have Greenwood on your team, I would even downgrade to Foden and then use the million somewhere else. Yeah, bro. I mean, a six point a six point five city asset in the midfield that's that's huge. That's, that's the thing, though. You know, if he gets those minutes. Yeah, right. Yeah, got to deal with the got to deal with the bald fraud. But he seems yeah. to like he seems to like the kid. He seems to like Foden. Uh, Do you so. think this year, because Champions League is starting that much later, that there's less chance of City rotation to start the season? No, no he's not going to do it. It's going to be or something. Uh, yeah, yeah, but then he has to keep keep all his players, uh, you know, fresh at the start of the season and uh, you know warmed up for the Champions League, right? Or he really wants to win a Premier League title. and He doesn't care about that. Nah, it's bad. It's no, they're they're Champions League all out there. He's won the Premier League. I mean, he was basically brought in to win to win the Champions League. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't think he, they're not going to. You know, it's it's a different beast, of course, once it comes to the knockout rounds versus the group stage. But it, they're still going to want to like secure that as early as possible. And they still have so many great players. Like they have to rotate. They have to. Right. You can't. You just can't play all of them. You know. <laughs> they're they're playing career mode in real life. It's, it's yep. It's annoying to watch a little bit. <laughs> If I was a City fan, I'm sure I'd be thrilled. Uh, let's move on to my forwards. Uh, I got Timo Werner as well. Uh, I expect him to hit the ground running. I've been a fan of his for a while. Uh, I also have Bamford. Uh, I think Gash, you had him as well. Uh, Bamford. First of all, sick name. I like the band in there. I think there's some potential for like some, some good puns or something. I don't know. I haven't figured one out yet. Uh, I should- Bam! Bam! <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I just feel good about him. Uh, I was looking at some stats as well. Gash, you mentioned that he missed 33 chances. 33 big chances. That's absurd. So despite that, he was still uh, the top scorer for Leeds and um, 16 goals and two assists last year. And he took 143 shots, uh, which is 68 more than the second highest total on his team. That was Jack Harrison. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. 143 shots, 128 of those in the penalty area. 
uh, more than double any other player on the side. If somebody's going to be scoring goals for Leeds, I think it's going to be Bam. I'm going to start calling him Bam. Um, yeah, so like, at 5.5, if he can produce anything that he produced in the championship last year, you know, I'll take that at a 5.5. 5. And uh, lastly, but definitely not least, uh, Jamie Vardy. It's it's always a Vardy party for me. Uh, I had him I had him probably 35 out of the 38 game weeks last year, including right from the beginning, right from game week one. Big Vardy fan, always have been, always will be. Uh, I just... I'm 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 still gonna mess with my team a lot, and I am gonna try to get a Salah in there, uh, as as I was just talking with you about C4. But I got I feel like I just gotta have Vardy, you know. Just okay. to, I just I really sleep through the deadline again. Dude, I I gotta like I just can't do that again. The thing is, because I'm like trying to tinker, I'm up to like three four in the morning. You know, the deadline's usually at six a.m. So I'm I'm trying to do like these last minute tinkerings, like looking at any reports or anything, and then I just pass out. It's not not a good look, but yeah. So um. Pretty good teams. We had a, we had a lot of things in common. A uh, few few big differences. Like, I'm just uh, I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm just surprised none of, none of us had any Leeds fullbacks. I mean, they're like next on my watch list. I'm just waiting to see it's closer right. to the season. But I'm waiting to see yeah. of the four pointers that I pick, which ones work out, which ones don't. Mm-hmm. Like if I see Noah Mitchell is only a game, <laughs> like a one game week punt, then I would bring in a lead. I'd rather have those three four pointers than bringing in like Douglas. Yeah, I'm, I'm still definitely on the, the fence sure. of maybe like a Justin versus a Leeds fullback, but um, we'll see. What excites you about a Leeds fullback? Uh, they tend to get forward a lot. Um, Ailing on the right at the, in the right back slot is um, pretty nailed. Uh, Dallas on the left back slot like seems a little more um, he'll get rotated a little bit more, but he also has Dallas, slightly better yeah. attacking numbers. So you know, Dallas is a big name. Big yeah, poison there. Right. All right. Hey, Dallas has signs to be the next kind of like kind of Lundstrom because for Leeds last uh, season he played like left back like seventeen games, but then he played like in the midfield uh, seventeen games also. So and uh, those uh, nine games in right midfield and eight games in center mid. So you know if, if even if Leeds do sign another left back, you might be starting at center mid, and then you're playing. You know you're paying four point five million for. Defender that's starting in midfield. Yeah, see, Mount, the only thing is he wouldn't be starting at center mid unless the, the reason he played there last season was because of a lot of injuries. So, unless they have a yeah, lot of so. injuries or, you know, Bielsa's looking to play him, I think he used to be a winger, so I can maybe see him at like the, maybe the right hand side, yeah. out, like on the wing or on the right hand side of midfield. Um, but uh, definitely something to keep an eye on. Yeah, and uh, yeah. that brings me to uh, our fan question of the, uh, of the episode first episode, first fan question. Uh, hit us up on Twitter uh, the day of our episode recordings. We'll post out that we're looking for questions and just throw them our way. So uh, this one comes from James Parker at James Parker 96. Thank you for the question, James. James wants to know if there are any dark horses that we can think of. Uh, dark horse candidate for like a really, really big season. Um, my pick, I guess, for that would be Foden. Like I said before, uh, I feel like he's kind of a dark horse. I know he's uh, – not really like a hidden name or anything. Everybody knows who Foden is, but I just feel like at that price point, I think he, he is a good shot to uh, really outperform his price point. So Foden's my choice for a dark horse, even though he might not totally count as a dark horse. But I'm going to do it. Anybody else? So, uh, jump off this one? Yeah, I was going to say, there are a couple of players that like are coming up from the um, the newly promoted team. So there are one or two like of the Leeds players. You know, Jack Harrison plays off the left-hand side there, and he's, uh, you know... From what I've seen of him, he's a really creative player, but maybe doesn't have the finishing. So I could see him, uh, you know, if he can take it up a level. Um, or maybe even a player like uh, Pereira that just signed for West Brom. You know, he's a 6.0. He's, 
He actually had 20 assists in the championship last season. So he's like a very, like, a, he's an attacking midfielder or, like, maybe he'll play off the right-hand side but drift inside. Um, but from what I've seen, you know, West Brom fans are very excited to have him. So maybe one of those two guys for me. Good choice. Sipra, uh, what you got, man? I'm shocked that a Red Bulls fan brought up Jack Harris. <laughs> I know. And, as, and a, a Leeds, uh, I mean, United fan bringing up a Leeds player also. But. Yeah. Uh... If I had to pick one, it'd probably be Tammy Abraham. Just looking at his expected goal stats, all his underlying stats last season, and from reading Chelsea fan forums, plus looking at, you know, even though the game didn't go well, Lampard experimented with a two-striker system in the last Champions League game. I think, you know, if Tammy Abraham somehow gets himself into that lineup with, you know, either partnering Warner or Warner's playing out on the left, I think he'd be a nice cheap way into the Chelsea attack. And based on what he did last season, I think he could have a even further breakout season. That's an interesting mm-hmm. point. Now, I haven't watched much of uh, Poulsen, uh, Poulsen's game from uh, Leipzig. Is there any similarities you can draw between him and Tammy? You think? Because uh, we know that uh, Werner played really well alongside Poulsen. But uh, right, right, what does Poulsen play like? Gash. I feel like Gash would know. He's a he's a pretty he's a pretty tall player. Um, he's like one of the strikers that's like really good in the air. So yeah, he's almost okay. like a not like kind of like a target man, not like a pure target man, um, but in that mold basically where you know they can play the ball into him and, and Warner kind of kind of like played off him. So, so, you, so you, think, you, you think Warner could play off of Tammy like that? I would say yeah. I would almost even see even like Tammy or even uh, your favorite uh, Olivier. Uh, Olivier. Yeah. Um, I could I could see him playing off either of those two guys, you know, just depending on who's in form. Um, but uh, you know, they have a chance to complement each other. What's What's Tammy's price at again this year? Seven point five. Again, I think that's what it was last year. Yeah. Um, if I could throw one other name out there, I could see Firmino having a big bounce back season. But FPL wise, yeah. yeah. Okay, what's is he a nine or nine point five? I think he's a nine point five, which I think is overpriced. Yeah, that's not season. I, I will put him down at 8.5 because I feel like yeah. there's no reason for you to own him over Jimenez, especially when a lot of people already have two or three Liverpool assets. Yeah, yeah, that's a but, weird... That's he's that's way too expensive, I feel like. like I can't think yeah. of one reason to own him right now. Yeah. Except that you just named him as a dark horse. But besides that... Uh, <laughs> I only named him as a dark horse just because I think he got really unlucky last year. If you look at his expected goals and then what he actually put up, I think he was at 15 or 16 expected goals, but he only ended up getting, what, 8 or 9? Yeah. And he's like, not that good of a finisher. He got a lot of hate last year. I like Firmino. I'm a fan. I mean, I'm, not a, I'm not really a fan from a fantasy perspective, though. It's not like a fantasy. Weird, 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 he only had, what was it, one goal at home or something last year? Yeah, something like that. Like, it's just a little too weird for it to keep going for me. Like... I think something's I mean, but he took, he took significantly less shots than uh, either Salah or Mane, you know, for 9.5 million. That just, I feel like that's just when he spends, else we know better. Yeah, but at that price point, he's basically useless. I feel like if they put him at like an 8 or 8.5, a lot more people would consider him. I like, yep. I feel like 8 would be like too cheap. I feel like the 8.5 to 9 steal, you know, like range makes you like think more of like, okay, do I go, you know, pay a bit more for. Him instead of getting like an Ings or Jimenez, or because eight million is way too cheap. Nine point five is like we'd rather have him or like Werner or even Martial at nine million is a great shout. You know, once uh 
United start playing nearly two. That's hey, something. Hey, no. Here's a question then. Who would you rather set and forget for the entire season? Jesus or Firmino? Jesus. That's Jesus. my Jesus. pick for the Dark Horse. Wow, great transition. That was dope. (laughs) It's almost like we planned that. (laughs) We didn't. (laughs) So, Taz, you have to cut this. (laughs) No, but uh, I think, you know, Aguero has one year left in his contract. Getting older, I I can totally see Pep just giving more um, uh, playing time to Jesus. And especially, you know, I feel like towards the end of the season, he's a little bit unlucky that the amount of shots he was taking. Uh, inside the box, not to return as many goals, and I feel like this season is uh, possibly the season he'll outscore Aguero, and uh, you know we'll get more of that playing time. And if he does, for nine point five million for uh, City attackers, that'd be very nice. Mm-hmm. That's true. Good points. Good points. All right. Uh, any final thoughts? Anybody want to add anything else that uh, y'all forgot to say or whatever? Everybody good? Join our league. We have a uh, we have oh a yeah hotline. Uh, Mini league. We, we have um, mini league. Uh, the link is in our bio currently, and we're just gonna keep tweeting it out until you guys get tired of it. Uh, I think so far we got like 15 people in there, not counting all four of us. So that's pretty good. Uh, it's a good yeah. return, uh, considering not having an episode yet. So yeah, join our mini league. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. The handle has been scrolling around the bottom this entire hour and a half. Um, so yeah, hopefully you uh, remember it at FPL Hotline on Instagram and Twitter. Um, we have a Facebook as well. If you guys use that, I doubt it. Uh, Facebook's kind of done. But, you know, we have it too. Um, <laughs> um, what's up? Do we have a TikTok? We do not have a TikTok. Um, oh. you, you might have to run the TikTok account from Canada because uh, pretty soon we will not be able to <laughs> yeah, use it here. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, maybe you could be our TikTok guy. Um, but, yeah, besides that, uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Thank you, Taz. Thank you, C4. Thank you, Gash, for joining us. Me? I don't know. Thank you, Tomo. Um, thanks, everybody, for watching, listening, whatever. Subscribe, and um, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Peace out. <laughs>